It has been two years since the trade galaxy was shaken to its core by the actions of a single, mismatched, multi-species crew. Whatever you think of the heroes of Yentao, also known as the Space Squad, one thing is certain. All eyes are watching for whatever they do next. Last time in the Maelstrom Galaxy. Beneath Jikinir Geothermal Resort is a monster. For a split second, it's like there's a single clear drop of something cold and pure. And as you feel that weird little sliver of something good in amongst all that horror, you realise that that sliver of something good feels like schlurp. Something in the center of this thing feels like Schlurp. Yes. How so? Whenever Schlurp casts magic or uses spells, um, I would say that any kind of, in my head, any kind of magic user kind of would slow key feel that. Like when you pass your hand over an old fashioned TV screen and you can feel the static. It's a hard to describe sensation. Something in that creature just tickles the back of your mind with a feeling of, I know that sensation, and I get it whenever Schlurp casts a spell in my vicinity. I relay that to the group. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't think it's something necessarily to be worried about, Schlurp. I mean, the dimension from which, you know, we draw our powers, you draw yours. I mean, you spent um, <clears throat> six months... <laughs> In a, in a mysterious like Corel's eye twitches. <laughs> in a mysterious library dimension, you know, there's bound to be other things that come from there and draw their power from there. So, I seem to remember that the submarine did take a hit. Can I have a go at trying to maybe fix some of that up? Because I think it got a bit scratched up. And um, just before we go, Corel sees Faraday going to repair. Does the, can can I can I lend a hand? Yeah, that would be great. Okay, so Corel and Faraday are going to go back up the stairs to have a look at the, sh uh, the submarine. Uh, the rest of you, what are you intending to do? The pool is kind of like slopping in place now with like the force of the roars coming from below you. Would I know what Arcane Eye is? Actually, no, forget that. I look at Tali and I go, um, do you have any way to look down to the bottom of that pool without any of us actually going down there? She shakes her head and just goes, Lorelei, you know that that kind of thing was never my forte. As you've made very obvious, it's been ten years. Lorelei just sort of turns away and starts looking at the map to see if there's, like, a service door that goes further down? Yes, there is indeed. You can see on the map that this kind of pool complex at the bottom of the resort isn't actually the bottom of the resort. The underneath the pools is obviously all the maintenance and the waterworks for treating all of these pools because otherwise they would be very gross if people were just in them all day. So there's the there's a whole like maintenance section below you and you can see on the map like I think this is probably a public facing map so it doesn't indicate staff doors. But you can see that this floor has a blocked off area, which just isn't isn't drawn on in this map, which probably would be where the staff quarters would be or some kind of staff area. Chill out quick. Staff area. See if we can 
work out a way to get the submarine down there i guess because yep. it is just a chasm full of water yeah we can't we can't swim there you would probably be crushed like a tin can oh no she just kind of waves a hand and is like what you need some levity down here i prefer levity that doesn't come from me being potentially crushed no you just build a new body I've already done that, like, twice. It's fun. Get some racing stripes or something. Have you ever had to do it? She looks at you very pointedly. I was only... And then waves <laughs> a hand through her fake horns, like the hologram. <laughs> Out of character. That was only part of her body. That's different. <laughs> that was out of character. I make it incredibly clear. <laughs> In character, Shlub does, Shlub does look sheepish. Yeah, let's, let's, let's look around the staff area. Okay, um, I'll take Faraday and Corel going up to do repairs first. So you two head up the stairs and back up through the steam rising from below um, to where the submarine is sitting in the little dock next to the reception area. Uh, Medineering check. Yes, to determine the kind of damage. You have, a, you have the shipwright feature as well, don't you? 22. Uh, you can see that near the back, uh, sorry, near the exit hatch at the top, the rim of the exit hatch has been dented, which I think your guess would be that if you didn't do something about it, you might struggle to get in and out of the submarine later on. Um, okay, so that's going to be a problem. Uh, I can't quite reach or see up there, Corral. Oh, yes, absolutely. Corral gives Faraday a boost. <laughs> Okay, uh, Faraday, I'll give you advantage on... You could do... I don't know. You've already done a engineering check to determine what's wrong. You have the shipwright feature to let you repair things. Yeah. Uh, this is a small enough piece of damage that I'd be willing to let you just do it with a engineering check, honestly. Okay. So I'll give you advantage as well, because Krell's, like, helping you get up there. 31. Okay, that's a really good roll. I mean, it's only 10 points of damage, and the ship is literally just chilling in a little dock. Like, it's very easy for you to just prop yourself up on Corel and knock out the dent from the inside. I think this probably takes you like 15 minutes, but it basically it just takes you a bit of wrestling to get it to be able to sit flush with the hatch again and open and close easily, but you managed to fix that up. As, as we're wrapping up, Corel um, sort of clears their th throat slightly and just with the sort of signal of introducing an awkward topic. So, back at the palace... Yeah? I did a little probing on Tali. Oh, good idea. Yes, yes. Um, her mark, specifically. And I think there's quite a lot there that I could get, but I would have to go full... Mm. Yeah, I see what you mean. Just, you know, last time I I went and did this by myself. Well, we had a conversation about that, didn't we? So I thought I would pass it by you first. I certainly wasn't planning to do this before we dealt with whatever is down here, but afterwards... Oh, afterwards I think is free game. I mean, I really appreciate you bringing it up with me. It means we can make a plan. I mean, potion, potions will only get you so far. Um... Um, just one thing. Yeah? Do you think Lorelei is gonna like that? No, not at all. But I'm hoping that she'll... she'll be somewhat... I like it. Oh, I... thank you. It feels like it could be a, a lot. Yeah, I don't know if Lorelei's really in the clearest of minds. 
the look Jess just gave me. <laughs> it could be a lot for me to absorb, but it just seems like too much of a good opportunity. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get this opportunity again, and if she's got a mark, I want to know about it. We'll figure this out after, but I reckon between the two of us, we can probably get Tali alone. We, we see an opening, we, we take it. Oh, Christ. Who's jump her in an alley? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kind of. He does. <laughs> Elsewhere, Crick, Lorelei, Schlub, and Tali are currently looking for a staff area. I'll say that you have found it by this point. There's like a no, there's like staff only beyond this point, wooden door off to the side. Can I just open the door and have a listen? Yeah, sure. Hey, hey, Lorelei, what are you doing? Staff only. Lorelei just sort of turns and gives him the most withering look. Like, <laughs> Tali just pinches the bridge of her nose behind the three of you. Like, <sighs> um. Yeah, I just look down and have a quick listen. Does it still sound like the machines are on? Is there? Does it sound like it's flooded? Or I will say that there's a faint glugging noise. You can hear like the 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 Schumann psh of some kind of piston, um, some kind of machinery, presumably cleaning the water here. Just I didn't even say piss. I said piston. <laughs> it's half of the word is piss, and that was enough. <laughs> What's it? <laughs> I'm so glad that I put so much effort into storytelling and comedy, but Piston listen, listen. is what you laugh at. Jess has you, very you, simple you, taste. You, very simple taste. You put like a half beat pause between Piss and Tin, which I know you were not intending to do, but it got me. There's also a faint kind of gluggy noise and like a, there's a noise as if the machinery is catching. There's something slightly wrong. Down we go. Keep your wits about you. The second you head down into this staff area, the floor changes from these spongy tiles to like metal grating. It's the classic, everything is super cheap behind the scenes. Like there's just open stone, which hasn't been carved or painted. The lights don't even have lampshades. Uh, after a couple, after a minute or so, you realize the grating is uh, actually now becoming a ramp, which is descending down beneath the pools. And as it does, you get like um, your first glimpse of dark water. So the room is somewhat flooded. Yes. Tali, could we get those lights back? She snaps her fingers and the four dancing lights appear around you. Those aren't flame, right? They can go under the water? Yes. When I suggested an underwater mission, I equipped non-flame. Lorelei <laughs> just sort of puts one hand up and goes, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Uncharacteristically, Tali straight up pulls her face back and also just goes, <laughs> All right, children. I'm so sorry, Captain. I'll behave. And um, she flicks her fingers and sends the lights out across the water, illuminating a large, very plain room full of twisting pipes and machinery, which is like on a human, knee high, full of um, slopping water. The important thing here is that the water is coming from somewhere, and that somewhere is, well, basically one of the exterior walls has a gigantic hatch on it, presumably for like exterior access, and the hatch is leaking. Not terrifyingly so, but there is like a good drizzle coming in through it. Uh, can I investigate it? Because I'd like to see if it's maybe can be tightened a little so I can shut the water off. Engineering, please. One. Okay. Please don't kill me. <laughs> Please don't kill us. 
Okay, Crick, you slump your way through the knee-high water, splashing it around as you head to the door. As you reach the door, with that nat one, I think you can see that there's something caught around the rim of the door. Basically, like a river or a screw has been like warped and is caught there. And in your brain, you're cold, there's roaring, the water's slopping. You're with Tali and she's making some, she's probably making some kind of bitchy comment behind you. You reach for that little screw thinking, yes, I can use this to block the gap. Fully not understanding that that little screw is all that is holding it in place. You twist it free and with the force of like almost a fire hose, the hatch blasts open and water comes jetting inwards. Oh Christ. How many hit points do I lose? 10 points of bludgeoning damage. Yeah, and you um, you get shoved back up the ramp, ramp into the others and a lot of you get shoved maybe 20 feet further back up the ramp, like scraping along the um, grating. So do, do we rejoin at this point, do you think? Corel, I think they rejoin you because the water is <laughs> rising. Seriously, they're, they're, all, they're, they're a bit soggy as well. Oh, Crick is fucking, like, looks like, looks like has been blasted with a fire hose. The rest of them are wet, but Crick is drowned rat. So, how did it go? Building flooding. Oh. We need to go out and then back in. This door that no longer has a door in it. And then maybe we will find a way into the doom. Don't describe it as the doom. As you say the doom, Schlep, you are fully drowned out by the roaring. Uh, Tali rolled a 16 on her piloting check, so she backs the moth out of the little dock and out into the dark water around the resort again. As she backs it out, um, the submarine itself kind of rolls a little bit in place as the water quivers with the sound of another roar. Uh, This roar is like, there's something different about it. It's like shriller and it kind of dissolves into like this horrible groaning cry. And she, she kind of grits her teeth and goes, well, that bodes well, and then pushes the nose of the submarine down around the building to the hatch that you guys just saw the other side of. It's now like a gaping circular hole and you can see like bubbles trickling out of it. As, as she like approaches it, the submarine is like sucked in and she makes a little, she just goes, shit, grab on. And then can I get deck saves as the submarine is sucked through the hole? 25. 22. 18. 16. 15 exactly. Brilliant! You all are now kind of finding your sea legs a little bit and you manage to brace yourselves in place and avoid being bashed against the glass dome. The whole submarine rolls and she manages to get it through the aperture without banging Faraday's just done work. The submarine then kind of comes to a, a slow, gradual stop floating in the middle of the now completely flooded maintenance area. area. Uh, she flicks on like the high beam lamps and just kind of gently rotates the submarine in place. Does anybody see anything? Perception checks, guys. Natural 20. I think I got a dirty 20. 22. 33. I got a 19. I felt like the roars and everything have really made you feel super... They've been ratcheting the tension this whole time. And you're all on hyper alert now. And as you kind of squint through the beams of um, the submarine's lamps, uh, you are able to see there's a empty area where you can see a couple of knocked over discarded chairs and a hole 
I'm guessing Crick is also looking in that direction. All of you will have seen this. Yeah. You see and the it, whole um, And I think I think as you see it, like a friction of a knee of unease like zings through you at the sight of it because the edges of the hole are rough and jagged and laced with claw marks. Oh, at, with a nat 20, yeah, yeah, yeah. just for funsies, um, I will say that looking at the claw marks, there's something strange about them in the sense that normally with claw marks, there's that very, there's a V-shaped profile of something sharp or triangular, like a claw sticking into the rock and scraping. These divots are like rounded, like blunt fingertips. And as Tali very, very slowly edges the submarine towards the hole, with her hands noticeably white knuckled on the submarine's controls. Crick, you turn your head to the side towards the edge of the pit and you can see in an area where the sediment from some of the nearby busted tanks has settled, there's fully what looks like a handprint. Does like, it look like it was the handprint was scraped in or melted? Dragged, like a handprint dragged through the mud. But it does it through solid rock. Yes. Fuck. Like, how many fingers are on it? It's a long hand with three fingers and you think webbing. Oh. Webbing? Oh, no. Does it look like anything we've seen before? I will let you roll a history check on your personal history. I got a 19. 19. 17. 13. <laughs> 5. Corral, you're trying your best to engage your keen mind and join in in this trying to work out what on earth is going on here. But I, yeah, you've, your, your stomach is fully rolling still. This is not a good place for an appelter. <laughs> it's the antithesis of the environment they evolved for. The rest of you remember not that long ago when you were in a golden palace in a sanctuary room with two skeletons, an egg, and a painted ceiling. On that painted ceiling, there are a number of peoples who no longer exist, one of whom were aquatic. So this, I'm guessing, is similar, perhaps similar to the dolphin seahorse. Okay, so in order to get to this conclusion, do you think we would have had to discuss? Yes, I think you would have had to discuss. So Tali is fully sat there being like, wait, shit, there's what? <laughs> <laughs> she just whips her head around and just goes, excuse me, what? Oh, yes, there was an entire civilization and intergalactic like society with various different species that no longer exist before. She nods and then nods again and then says, Fuck, could you at least tell me that with my dig site, I was close? Mm-hmm. Marty's real cool. Don't imprison her again. Ever, please. It's character building. Lorelei just looks at her with intense, undeniable disappointment. Don't look at me like that, Lorelei. I can see your reflection in the dome. I'll look at you however I want to look at you, please and thank you. The universe is ending. Excuse me for being morally grey. Excuse me. Could we keep moving? I really don't want to be here any longer than I have to. Tali just kind of blows out a noisy breath and then pushes the sub forwards in a sudden burst of acceleration. Fully petally. I, I go to, to Corel. I just kind of, I rub their back. Like. We're here and Tali pushes the nose of the submarine down and rotates you so that you're hanging vertically above the hole. 
looking down into what feels like an eternal abyss. The doom. The doom. I really feel we need a less ominous name for this. I know how it looks, but... The hole. We encounter too many holes to call this one the hole. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like Tali is running through the equipment on the sub with you very quickly, just leaving you hanging there. And she's just there like, there's a, a harpoon that you saw earlier. It is 150 feet long and can reel in a, a decent clip, but mind the cable. Uh, the torpedo launcher has six rounds. I know that's not ideal, but it's what I can fit in a submarine. And the hard suit has... I picked it up from some kind of miner mining submarine operation i'm i know it has a weapon but i've not actually tried it myself i'm afraid now i imagine i'm going to be rather busy piloting the submarine and trying not to get us all killed so two other people are going to have to deal with both the torpedoes and the harpoon i assume the harpoon is is considered a ranged weapon it is yes the harpoon um is launched from a little station to the right of tali uh crick Hard suit, maybe? I mean, you're kind of a fighter and we're in a submarine. So, presumably it's going to be hard to swim in the hard suit. Yes. So I'm probably going to be standing atop the submarine. Yes. Effectively riding it into battle like a knight in shining <laughs> armour. I'm going to give Crick a, ba- give Crick a bar dick. Lorelei and Faraday are going to be the spell slingers. So Schlurp, Schlurp can be on the harpoon and if we run out of torpedoes, correct can take over on the harpoon and Schlurp can join in on spell casting. So I walk over to Faraday, like, we want this thing to stay in place so mm-hmm. Crick and the torpedoes and the harpoon can get it. But also, it's an underwater creature. Yeah. There is a possibility, however small, that it can't breathe air. One of the things that we can do with control water is part the ocean. So we could theoretically part the ocean around its head so it can't breathe or i could part the ocean around its head and you can increase the water pressure around its body so it's difficult for it to move back into the water it's worth a shot you ready guys yeah yeah i'm going to get everyone within quite close to me and i'm going to cast water breathing it's not a concentration spell so you can now breathe underwater for the next 24 hours tali takes a deep breath and then says, I'm not going to give a rousing speech. You're hardly the people I imagine myself facing mortal danger with. You invited us. I'm aware. Let's go fight a giant ocean monster. And she pushes the controls forwards and the submarine begins to descend. You descend into darkness. And as you descend... You see strange things all around you. More handprints, smashed rock, some things that look kind of like murals, like warped, twisted rivers of cracked paint and stone and carvings featuring fish and sharks and eels. You descend further and further and the walls of that shaft soar away from you until you are descending through absolute darkness and then everything goes quiet the roaring which you've been hearing for like an hour at this point stops and tali stops the submarine too leaving you hanging there in the dark 
she slowly turns the submarine around the beams of its torches probing through the darkness looking searching until finally they catch on something below you vast and terrible and seething with a thousand pale and twisted limbs is a monstrosity unlike anything you have ever seen before an enormous smushed together pastiche of horror which has come together to form the lumpy outline of an enormous eel-like creature with jaws large enough to crush the moth between them wet and empty eye sockets and a back bristling with jagged spines can you please roll me initiative 22 17 11 13 5 so the running order for the fight is Corel at the top of the order, followed by Lorelei, the monstrosity known as the Deep Keeper, Tali, Schlurp, Faraday, and then Crick at the back. We're also going to be using a couple of mechanics today. We're going to be using Escalation again. Basically, as the rounds progress, you guys will get plus one to your attack rolls and damage rolls. Additionally, the more rounds we go through, the more dangerous and terrible things are going to start happening, like event triggers and particular attack triggers. Also at play here, but hopefully that won't come up, we have mechanics for deep water pressure and also the bends. Now, hopefully they're not going to come up, but if they do, we'll run through the mechanics. Listeners, if you'd like to use those mechanics, we will be putting them on our website. You're in a large, a very, very large cavern, which is rough-edged and semicircular, descending down out of sight and then hooking around and forming a kind of a U-bend. You can't see around the bend to what's there, but you can see that the cavern twists horizontally and goes out into the darkness. The monstrosity itself is 30 feet below you and its head is currently underneath the submarine and is longer than the submarine is. You can see the bone-like structures of like broken columns and things that look like they may have been buildings as well. Right, top of the order with Corel. I think Corel's going to do one thing they can do in this situation, and frankly seems the most appropriate, is to fire a torpedo at that horrible thing. Right, so the torpedo uses decks and it does 2d10 fire damage and 1d8 piercing damage, Duncan. So is it, do I have to load them or just visualizing this yeah why not that's fun isn't it yeah you can load them too fire so this will just be straight decks 18 that hits the torpedo shudders under your hands and then fires and you see it streaming bubbles as it shoots downwards towards that gargantuan head and it impacts um, near the back of the skull and this awful discordant wailing noise slices through the water up towards you as a plume it's not even blood it's like putrid liquid pulses out into the water and that whole monstrous eel-like body twists and looks up towards you as you inflict damage so that's 15 on the fire damage and two on on the d8 damage and i would like to use a bonus action oh go ahead so i'm going to use my eye for detail just to pick up any other details on the walls potentially that might be useful yeah, okay, go for it. Uh, 17. Okay, with a 17, as the creature below you twists and shrieks, uh, you look out of the dome of the submarine and immediately you are struck by a horrible realisation. 
This is like the other places you've been to. This used to be somewhere. Because you can see that the walls, they may be rough stone, but here and there there's things that look like brick. There's places that look like columns. There's things that look like shattered windows. And it might be twisted and folded and crumpled under the ocean and under who knows how many years of sediment. But this used to be a place and you can't see what's around the corner. But something about the way the creature coils up and situates itself in front of it makes you feel like it's guarding something. And next in the order is Lorelei. I would like to cast Control Water. What I want to do is push the water like up the other end of the U-band. So this thing is just floundering in a little pocket at the bottom of the U-band. The water glimmers with magic for a moment and then it rushes with a terrible roaring sound and you can see the creature is shoved by this and then suddenly as the water like moves from around it its terrible horrible gigantic body drops with a crash to the floor of the cavern into the air pocket that you've created it's going to land on some sharp things so i am gonna roll some damage on that because to me landing on sharp things such as broken columns yeah it's gonna take some hurts Okay, it takes 16 points of piercing damage as it lands on the columns at the bottom of the chamber. And it screams again, but this time there's something wrong with the scream. It devolves into this horrible groaning wail, but now that you're close to the creature, that wail cuts like a knife through your heads. Could you please all make an intelligence save? The DC is 15. Yep. Uh, I got 11. So Faraday and Lorelei, you're going to take full damage. Everybody uh -huh. else takes half damage. Oh. So I just rolled 24 points of <laughs> psychic damage. So Lorelei and Faraday, you take 24. Everybody else takes 12. As bonus action, can I do an insight check on it? On the creature? Yes. Of course. 21. What are you trying to determine exactly? You said its eyes were like empty but i'm trying to see if looking at it you can see any of that thing i felt in the center oh the, the energy yeah with a 21 i will say that this creature is not a creature it's a horrible swarm of souls of beings from somewhere from somewhere Welcome to the world of Super Idols RPG, where superpowers exist, but only among those with dreams of pop star fame and glory. Anyone who believes in that dream can be a super idol, be they an awkward gothic Lolita. Yeah, Valerie has her phone out. Uh, her phone screen's not on. Her <laughs> oh, phone no. looks closely. A recovering mean girl. Just to establish for no weird reason at all, but you all do go to this school, right? <laughs> <laughs> An excitable fanboy. Can, can you, I'm, I'm really shy, but can you ask him if they could sign my jumper? Wait, hold on. Oh no, I transformed. <laughs> uh, can I have the autograph? A literal queen bee. Sorry to kill your buzz, honey, but you just have to get used to the sting of disappointment. Or a mischievous rapper. Lucia makes more clones of herself so she can have a huddle. Aww. <laughs> Join the members of Rhythmics as they reach for the stars in the second exciting arc of Super Idols RPG. A queer, diverse, 
narrative-focused masks campaign with elements of high school comedy, magical girl anime, showbiz drama, and superhero action. New episodes release every three weeks on Sundays. Check out superidolsrpg.wordpress.com for more details. It's now the turn of the Deep Keeper. The creature twists upon the columns and like you can see chunks of grey flesh ripping away, like dismembered limbs falling to the floor of the cavern and then crawling, dragging themselves and rejoining the mass. The eel-like body rises like a cobra and then those horrible empty eyes flare with brilliant scorching white light and then the water around you begins to move. Ooh, let me think about what I'm going to do with the submarine here. Oh, hang on. Crick's standing on it. Crick, can I have a dexterity saving throw? Wait, 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 oh. wait, wait, wait. I'm guessing 10 wouldn't be enough. The water around you suddenly begins to swirl and spin, and then Tali is swearing and fighting with the controls as the submarine pushed backwards 25 feet. Crick, you weigh less than a submarine, and you failed that throw, yes? Yes, I did. You are torn from the roof of the submarine, and you are now floating above the submarine. But we all know things will come down. So I would expect a swift descent from you shortly. So you have basically been shoved really far back. At this around you, the pressure of the water makes the submarine spark and groan as it takes 18 points of bludgeoning damage. Unfortunately, you are out of range for the Deep Keeper to take its other actions. So it just screams in frustration and starts to kind of rise up as high as it can to try and snake into the water column. And that's the end of its turn. And with that, Tali, now having been able to kind of grapple with the controls again, is going to turn to you guys and say, do I get the captain or do I take us down closer? There would be comms, so... Crick? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, do you want us to come get you or do you want us to go to the thing? I mean, I want you to come get me so we can fight the thing. You heard the captain. Up we go. So the submarine gets 40 feet of movement. So she is going to turn the submarine and go and try and basically catch crick on the roof of the submarine is going to be the maneuver she she makes and then she's going to bring it back down as far as she can make a piloting check Mm. Uh uh-oh she rolled a seven with that seven the water is still swirling around you so she's able to kind of maneuver the submarine to beneath crick but isn't able to like fully retrieve him and with that we come to slurp he's somehow not lost an initiative I was wondering if it would be possible to use the message cantrip to try and identify the part of this creature that kind of resonates with myself and then try to talk to it. It's kind of like a how do we defeat you type deal. Okay. Because I'm, I'm not going to be like, oh, we can, we can reason with it. We cannot reason with it. But maybe I can focus on a little bit that's like me and be like, can you help us a little bit here message is just something you can do right yeah it's just like a a constitution saving throw nat 20 oh Oh. yes yes (laughs) thank you thank you dice Paige looks towards the sky oh damn it damn it (laughs) she's literally looking to the heaven god fucking damn it you reach out to that writhing mass beneath you which is now pathetically repeatedly trying to wriggle its way back into the water column as you reach out schlep it's like walking into the middle of a football match or into the middle of a crowd it's deafening 
the pressure, the sense of so many souls crammed into such a small space, of so many souls in anguish and fear. Each one is kind of like a broken record, stuttering the same few snatches of words you don't understand, the same feeling, the, sens the same sensations of fear and terror and this is itness. And then amidst that chaos, there's something familiar. There's a point of cool clarity. Someone in the mass, not quite as lost as the rest. And as you kind of reach out and mentally make contact with this entity, you get the strangest like phantom sensation of a feathered hand on your head and your ears for a second, like your audio receptors warble and you can hear a snatch of some kind of stringed instrument being plucked. What do you say? How do we release you from this suffering? And the entity says, we're losing the war, one star at a time, one world at a time. And then in a different, in a different melody, in a different tone of voice, it says, I saw the last Lutean sunrise. And there's just these different snatches of song and melody until the voice just kind of breaks and cracks on the sentence. Don't look. It's going to be fine. We're going to help you. We're going to help all of you. Don't look. It's going to be fine. What, what, don't look? I've been alone my whole life Seen boiled oceans and burning skies All of it awful to travel through But worth it if I get to meet you And you and you and you and you I'd do anything for people like you anything for people what do you think Kavoris? I think I'm gonna break off the link there <laughs> oh god as you break off the connection everybody else in the submarine would see your rings your ringed markings flare oh god oh, oh. um it said don't look it'll be okay that's what my energy said. I'm not going to say anything else because there's a lot to process. <laughs> okay, but I have to look to fire the torpedoes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Next in the order is Faraday. I'd like to do control water whirlpool. What's the range? 300 feet. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Tell me more. I know it's caught in the air pocket, so I'd like to do it slightly behind it. Basically, it needs to make a strength throw to see if it's going to get sucked into the vortex. Okay. 11. Okay, my spell save is 18. <laughs> so it gets pulled into the vortex and it needs to take 2d8 bludgeoning because it's in the vortex. It will need to take two more d8s. So at the start of its next turn, and then it has a chance to try and escape but with disadvantage. How much damage did it just take? 13. 
it is dragged backwards, screaming across the columns. Again, you see limbs fly off of it. This time, some of the limbs disintegrate into sludge before they can return to its body. Next in the order, Crick, you yeah. are floating above the moth. Indeed I am. Near the top of the cavern. So you can make a deck save to try and grab the submarine with advantage because Tali has brought the submarine up closer. I got a six and a five. You make a grab for the submarine. I will say that you kind of land on the top of the submarine and slide down its hull and then grab again for the lamps. So I'm going to let you make a last minute dexterity dexterity saving throw to grab the headlamps of the submarine as you go past it. 16 plus 3, 19. 19. Uh, with a 19, you are able to grab the headlamps as you slide underneath the submarine, and you are now suspended beneath the submarine one-handed. As I am hanging below the submarine, um, I reach across as, you know, slowly in water to my arm, and I press the button to activate my weapon. A entire fucking hard light chainsaw leaps out of your forearm and starts spinning through the water what you're welcome page that's so freaking cool page you diamond as this comes out uh you guys can hear me over the comm just going he's just he's just hooting and hollering whoa i can cast some uh buff spells because they should benefit the party inside the the machine I can bless up to three creatures of my choice within range. Pick yourself. You're going to need it. Okay, so I recommend you pick yourself. I pick me. And Corel, you're on the torpedoes, right? Yeah. I pick Corel. And for the third, who's on Harpoon? Schlurp. So Corel and Schlurp, whenever you make an attack roll or a saving throw, roll a d4 and add that number to the attack roll or saving throw. Back at the top of the order with Corel. We're in the second round now, so you will get plus one to your attack rolls and damage rolls. I'm going to hold my action to fire a torpedo once the creature is in a place where it would actually hit them. Absolutely fair enough. Is there anything else you can do in the meantime? I could do, use my eye for detail again uh, to look for hidden objects. Any hidden objects that might be useful. And that's a perception check. Yeah, no, go for it. Okay, so that's a 15. With a 15, Corel, as you stare down at the carrot heaven floor and the creature twisting upon it, you're able to realise that there's more than just broken pieces of masonry down on the cavern floor. There's also dozens of broken weapons. Spear-like weapons with three blades. Tridents. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of broken tridents on the floor of the cavern. Ugh... And with that, we're going to move to Lorelei. Control water is concentration up to 10 minutes. I've kept my concentration, but in order to maintain the effect, I have to spend my action on it each turn. Mm. But I want to go into my starry form. I can't choose my archer starry form because with the archer, it does extra damage, but it has to shoot. I shoot it from me. Yeah, so you can't fire through the hull. So I'm going to choose the chalice, which means... I can heal as a bonus action on every turn. My parting of the water goes away. So the air pocket releases with a deafening crash and the submarine is suddenly like 
screened by countless silver bubbles. Corel, as those bubbles clear, you have a clear shot at the Deep Keeper. And I am going to take it with everything that is a 12 overall. No, with the swirling bubbles, the remnants of the swirling bubbles, I think your aim is slightly off. And your torpedo instead impacts a column near the creature, which then like slowly topples and collapses to the floor of the cavern. Uh, the creature looks up towards you from where it is still trapped in the vortex and screams. Could I all? Could I please have an intelligence saving throw? Just before that, I use my bonus action to heal Faraday. I heal Faraday for 19 hit points. So who got under 15? Nobody. Nobody? Okay, so everyone takes half damage except Tali. So this time, the full amount of damage is 29. Oh. Of the lot of you, Tali looks the most battered. Like you see out the corner of your eye, Lorelei, a flash of red on her sandy fur. You can't see her ears because they're in, on, on Araswati, they're hidden beneath their fur, but there's blood on the side of her head and under her nose and under her eyes. And she like her hands are shaking faintly on the controls. Um, Next in the order... <laughs> it's Tali. Mm, it's the big monster because that was a legendary action. So the air pocket's gone away, right? Uh, the air pocket has gone away, but it is currently stuck so it takes 2d8 and has to make an athletics check at disadvantage 11 bludgeoning it screams as it's kind of torn and spun in place and then an athletics check at disadvantage Mm -hmm. c to escape 27 (laughs) wow (laughs) it bunches up its rotten coils and lunges forwards at full speed powered by fury and brings itself alarmingly close to the submarine. And Crick's out just outside. Oh yeah, Crick. It is you look down and you see a whirling mass of bone and jutting flesh as the creature opens up its enormous jaws and a tongue of made of grasping, writhing, distorted arms climbs out of its mouth and reaches up towards you with many, many hands. <laughs> And next in the order is Tali. Now, Tali's submarine is now only 15 feet away from the Deep Keeper. To which Tali swipes at her bloody nose and then puts her reddened hands back on the controls and is like, do I back away or do I go past it? Stay here. Keep us as stable as you can. Fine, fine. And she like she'd begun to accelerate, and she grabs the controls back, and the submarine like rocks in place, crick like swinging from the lamps as she holds oh, it, no. with the creature like rising up towards you. Uh, next in the order is Schlep. Um, I think beforehand, I think Schlep like sighs, and then they go over to Tali and put a hand on her shoulder and be like, "You're doing a great job," <laughs> and I give her a bardic. She looks at you. She doesn't even look at you. She's like bleeding from her nose, ears and eyes. And she just says, fine, yes, whatever. Thank you. One of the best things we've ever said to each other. <laughs> anyway, um, so I do that. Um, so she's got a bardic. Um, and then I go back up to the harpoons and I'm going to try and... Just trying to think. With the thing I got, don't look, it'll be okay. Do I just aim for its eyes? I don't know. I guess I'll try aiming for its eyes. So at least it can't see us. 23. That will hit. 5. And 4 is 9. Plus 2 is 11. 11. Right into its awful, awful empty eye socket. 
a hunk of flesh which looks kind of like a head and a shoulder peels away and falls into the abyss. Next in the order is Faraday. I would like to use Guiding Bolt at 5th level. 24 to hit. That'll hit. Uh, That's 29 radiant damage and the next attack has advantage. Oh my god. It's 29. Wait, radiant. Radiant. Yeah. Okay. I think you'll find that's actually 58 points of damage. (laughs) Nice. Do it again. Do it again. Damn, son. Faraday, this bolt of light strikes this creature and it's everywhere it touches the arms the grasping arms the grasping hands and legs they just disintegrate and a huge ropey swathe of the creature disappears all along its flank like is torn away and it screams and twists in place almost into a knot before looking up at you again with renewed fury it look it's looking starting to look a little bit ragged and next in the order is Crick, who is currently swinging from the lamps of the submarine, a chainsaw on one arm. I jump. Yeah! <laughs> oh! You let go of the lamp and you begin to fall. Can I, like, maneuver myself so that I land not in its mouth, but, like, I'm pointing in an audio medium. So That's not useful. On... on its head. You know what we can do? I feel like Tali's going to help Crick land on top of the creature's definitely head. So she's going to swing the submarine to the side and let Crick do a sloped fall so that he lands heavily on his hard-suited boots on the creature's snout. Crick, your feet sink into putrid flesh. I'm going to take my chainsaw and I'm going to slash away. Just slash away like I'm hacking at weeds. My total is 23. That will hit. You fall through the water, landing on this flesh, which slightly gives beneath your feet, and then you bring the chainsaw around and you attack it for how much damage? My total damage is 73 points of damage. You take, you lift up the chainsaw and you bury it in its fucking face. And its face starts to kind of melt and distort beneath your feet. Okay, let's go again. 26. That, that sounds like a hit. hit. That hits. Okay, so we turn this back over. Slash, uh, 17 slashing damage, and then um, we're going to do device. Uh, 63 total damage. Okay, I'm going to bring my uh, chainsaw down for my second attack uh, and slash again, dealing 63 points of damage. The creature's head starts to fully like melt and distort beneath your feet, and the teeth are rising up around your ankles. As my bonus action, I utter a vow of enmity against the creature. Uh, I gain advantage on attack rolls against the creature for one one minute. My god. As you kind of wrench your chainsaw free, causing the head to like ripple and distort beneath you, it is going to take another legendary action. In this instance, it is going to use its water abilities to fully blast you off its face. I have some bad news. I rolled a nat 20. Lay it on me. You are going to get blasted as this creature's head like flexes and forces a huge funnel of water into you, into your chest, throwing you upwards and into the underside of the submarine, which, I mean, it's also in the line of fire, so it's also going to get shoved backwards. So Crick, you're going to smack into the submarine. The submarine is also going to go flying. Crick, you're going to take... 
37 points of bludgeoning damage oh. as you impact the underside of the submarine. The submarine takes 18 points of damage. So a crack snakes across the dome mm. and the lights flicker for a second, momentarily plunging you into darkness before coming back on. The submarine itself is also going to impact the wall of the cavern Oh dear! as it's thrown upwards. Sorry, guys. The submarine takes 26 points of damage as it impacts the wall of the cavern. That crack spreads. Uh, it's such a thin gap that it's more of like a tiny spray of mist than anything, but a tiny spray of mist is now entering the main cab of the submarine. Um, half of the lights go out, so you now only have lamps on one side, and the interior lights dim, so it's like candlelight. Lorelei, you illuminate the inside of the submarine. I think I'm going to need a dexterity saving throw from Crick, otherwise he's going to fall back down again. So, so 14 plus 8, 18. 18. Okay, with an 18, you are able to grab for... As one of the lamps like breaks and swings loose underneath, it swings into the path of your hand as you begin to descend, and you're able to grab it, and you're now swinging beneath the submarine. As we enter the third round, plus two to attack rolls and damage rolls... And something's going to happen. Yay. Oh, yes. Yay. The cavern quakes, and then to the side of you, the cavern wall begins to crack and then suddenly fall inwards. The cavern is beginning to collapse. And with that, we go to the top of the order with Corel. I tell you what, I'm going to use my bonus action first and try and just try and get us a sense of that cracking and how long we might have. Uh, would this be perception or investigation? Investigation, I think. That is a 26. With a 26, you have a weirdly specific feeling that the cavern is going to fully collapse if you get to the sixth round of combat. All right, and we're on the third round. Um, guys, speaking as someone familiar with underground tunnel structures, we have like 20 seconds before this fully collapses on us. But for now, firing a torpedo. <laughs> 22. That definitely hits. That's uh, 11 fire damage and 8 piercing plus 2, so that's 21 total. The torpedo rockets out of the belly of the ship and shoots downwards through the flickering half-dark of the submarine's part-broken lamps and into the mouth of the beast. It's grasped by terrible, groping, rotten hands and dragged inwards. And then you hear like this deep whoomph as it ignites. And then the, the creature's entire body is bulging and distorting. And then with a, an explosion that rocks the submarine, the creature explodes outwards into a thousand twisted limbs. The deep keeper is vanquished. But as the cave groans around you, it's not the only problem you're facing. You have a choice. There's, the Deep Keeper was guarding something. You can either exit the cavern or you can head deeper and trust you'll find another way out. I Grell just said it was guarding something. We gotta keep going forward. Tali grips the controls and is like, fuck! And she pushes the submarine forwards. Um, what's the plan, guys? <laughs> uh, what kind of ch checks is Tali doing for piloting? Piloting. Dex. Dex. I'm going to run up to her and just kind of... And I'm going to cast Enhance Ability 
So she now has advantage on dexterity checks for an hour. Oh my god. So hopefully long enough. I'm going to spend my action to use the water pressure to try and make it so that rocks are less likely to hit us. I should probably get back in. Here's the thing. Crick is hanging from the underside. I don't feasibly see how that could happen. Crick's just going to be hanging on for the ride. Uh, But as my I'm still in my starry form, so as my bonus action, I heal Crick for 14 hit points. As we go, I heal Tali for... 8 plus 4 is 12 plus 5 is 17 hit points. Okay. Um, the blood dries up under her nose as she grits her teeth and pushes the submarine down. I'm going to make her piloting check now. Oh my god, it was so bad. Wait, she has advantage. She yes. does. Oh, thank god. She rolled a 2 first. And bardic inspiration. 26 piloting. Um, she shoves the submarine forwards and it kind of groans as its um, battered hull powers up its engines and it jets forward she shoves it around the u-bend under the crumble as it like as the rocks start to crumble around you and you're all kind of pushed into the floor of the dome by the speed of it as she like pulls up and dives under the horizontal bend of the cavern and into the dark um she drags the submarine's nose up and the submarine basically tips back vertically and rockets up through this like crumbling mass of stone up and up and up through the dark but it isn't dark. There's a point of pale light. And Crick's just holding on to the lamp outside like... Yep. The submarine screams. And then it crashes into open air. It lifts clean out of the water. It gives you like the sick spinning glimpse of an enormous cavern filled with buildings and structures and impossible things. And then you plunge back into the water bobbing a few more times before you settle like floating at a kind of wonky angle because of the submarine's many many points of damage you have emerged into a circular aperture ahead of you deep broad where blunted steps rise away from you into a shattered city you see tall white columns spearing the air like broken bones streets heaped with black wet ash Buildings have been torn asunder, buckled by impacts too terrible to imagine, and broad avenues lay part drowned beneath long, cooled rivers of molten stone. The cavern's ceiling is unsettlingly low and gleams with moisture, and all around the submarine you can see droplets falling into puddles and flooded parlours. The very air seems to creak. Lorelei, as you look out through that glass dome, Tali breathing heavily at your side, the trident on your hand erupts with light. Hey, it's Paige Dolby Evans, your game master, host, and resident dog person. I just wanted to say that the Junket podcast wouldn't be possible without the talents of the lovely people behind the characters. That's my wife, Leonie, as Dr. Faraday Zenith Lewis, Duncan as Corel, Elle as Captain Mitchell Crick, Shona as Schlurp, and Jess as Lorelei Widewanderer. Our show is powered by a modified version of Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. To learn about the custom rulings, mechanics, and aliens that make our game possible, you can visit our website, thejunkitpodcast.com, or just ask us on Twitter at thejunkitpod. Lastly, if you're both willing and able, you could support the show over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash thejunkitpodcast. That's all from me. See you in a fortnight.